Welcome everyone to the Week 9 Pro Football Doc Podcast. I'm Thomas Casali with Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc. Uh, Doc, we got a lot to get to this week. Um, First, if you like what you what you're hearing, what you're seeing, make sure to subscribe on the subscribe button to our uh, YouTube uh, network. Uh, you can follow us at ProFootballDoc on Twitter and go to ProFootballDoc.com for all the latest updates. Well, Doc, let's get to the big one. Um, Derek Henry, running back for the Titans, injured the foot in game. Uh, monster that he is actually came back into the game but turns out he has a broken foot. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this injury and the timetable because Mike Vrabel said there's a chance he could come back. Do you agree with that? Well, I do think there's a chance that he could come back. And, you know, we were aware that there was an issue with his right foot, right, in-game, and we looked at video. But true to form, when it is a fifth metatarsal Jones fracture, it's a form of a stress fracture. And often... That's a cumulative injury, it's an overuse injury, and it's not one that you obviously see on video. Now clearly, Derrick Henry was not himself, right? 28 touches, 28 carries for 68 yards. Less than half of his usual yards per carry. And you could see that he wasn't that dynamic, and we knew there was something going on with his right foot. But that's a hard call to say that there's a stress fracture. And from the news this morning, it took an MRI to maybe confirm it. Even the x-rays didn't. And obviously the Titans still ran him and played him. And it is possible to play through with a stress fracture. Antonio Gibson's been doing it basically all season for Washington football team. Different kind. That one's a tibial stress fracture. This is a fifth metatarsal. And we said early this morning uh, in some of our other YouTube video and what have you that he's gonna have surgery. Uh, and pretty quickly, and that's been announced, a screw will be put in the foot. Now comes the issue of timeline, right? Thomas, we, look, there are other people out there saying, oh, well, it should be this timeline, it should be this timeline based on comps. But we try and look at everything very qualitatively and very individually. Uh, There are reports that he could return as soon as six weeks. I don't think so. There have been timelines of eight weeks, could be 10. I'm pretty solid that it's over the typical eight weeks, and here's why. It's a stress fracture. It doesn't heal that quickly, and it takes time. And those who have returned quickly, there's a much higher chance of surgery again. Uh, Ju- happened to Julian Edelman with the Patriots. It happened to Julio Jones, uh, etc. It's been largely called a wide receiver fracture. And Derrick Henry would be the biggest wide receiver ever. So you have to remember, it's overuse cutting running, right, Thomas? And Derrick Henry is no wide receiver, is no typical running back. He's 245 pounds, a lot of force, a lot of power, and he carries the ball 30 times a game. No wide receiver is really that big, and no wide receiver has 30 targets in a game. They play have a fraction of the usage and as we always say recovery is not a light switch right it's not like let's say uh, 10 weeks it's not like nine weeks and six days he can't and at 10 weeks he can do it all it's a little bit gradual it's more slow sunrise so when you talk about return could he return by the end of the regular season maybe but no way at 28 carries Uh, when will he get there I mean look 
We talked about it at length related to DAC, and I don't know if we're going to get to DAC today or not. Return to play is multifactorial, right? The player, medical, and the team. I mean, it's possible that two of the three say okay come playoff time and he still doesn't return because the third party says no, either for long term or I don't feel right or medical risk. Um, but my best guess is that he could be back for the playoffs. I don't see him. There's 10 weeks left in the season right now. Well, nine games, 10 weeks. I think it's a stretch to have him back for anything meaningful for the end of the season, unless perhaps it's a play-in game for the playoffs or something, then they may try. So it's bad news. I mean, obviously he's no longer the MVP uh, candidate those uh, anymore, but uh, it is possible for him to return. At what level is the question? I know, a couple things, Doc. One, we are going to talk about Dak because there was mass confusion about that injury that you nailed um, from the start. We're going to get to that a little later. But this is a massive loss for the Titans, uh, more so than any other running back in the league. Derrick Henry has 219 carries. He was on pace for over 500 carries. That would have broken James, James Wilder's uh, NFL record. Jeremy McNichols is the Titans' second leading back. He has seven carries. One quick thing I want to ask you, though. You mentioned Derrick Henry's size. I always think of Shaq when I think of the feet because Shaq, towards the end of his career, had foot injuries and he was never quite the same. And you mentioned bringing him back too early. With a guy this size, does that play into the when you would when you would bring him back for, for not wanting to re-injure that foot? A lot comes into play. Some of it is his size, the style of play, the timing of the injury, the exact type of Jones fracture, the security, the fixation that you got, the healing that you see on x-rays and or CT scans. So there's a lot that comes into play. But no question, it is harder uh, for some of the bigger guys. And this is why, uh, look, let's look at another sport. You brought up basketball with Shaq. That's why when Zion Williamson had this, I was like, uh, not so fast. He's not going to be that quick. He basically is a big old football player. And uh, foot issues, yes. And this is, and here's the other thing. Look, do I think he's going to recover from this fully for next season? Yes. The question is, how much will he be recovered at the end of this season or for the playoffs? Um, my bigger worry for Derrick Henry is not re-injury, although that can happen. I mean, look at uh, Derwin James of the Chargers, the safety, a, a metatarsal fracture again where he missed almost the whole season. He had it originally in college. But it's really the other side. You're built similarly, symmetrically, and it's not like you have a dominant right foot or left foot. Sure, you may kick a ball with one foot or the other, but as a running back, they're about even in terms of the stresses. So it's not overuse on the other left foot, but the fact that as Derrick Henry is superhuman, but he is human, and anatomically, there's a watershed area or lower blood flow related to that helps cause this overuse stress fracture. Uh, there's a structural anomaly that is in all of us, and if it's affected Derek on one side, he's got a higher chance of affecting him on the other side somewhere down the road. Is it next year, or is it in eight years, or is it never? Can't tell you, but it is a higher chance when you have it on one side versus the other. All right, sounds good. So really, we're looking at maybe playoffs. That would be the earliest that we think Derek Henry's gonna return this season. 
A uh, couple other big, big injuries this week, Doc. Uh, Jameis Winston for the Saints. He has torn his ACL. He is done for the season. Now, when you first saw it, you thought ankle. So go into what you saw yes. on video and why, why it was the knee. Well, look, the first thing is, uh, just so everyone knows, I don't delete tweets. So, yes, I was focused wrongly more on the ankle, and we'll go through why. And when something's it's video. When it's wrong, it's wrong, and we don't delete things, and we'll own up to it. But just so people know, I felt bad because people are so retweeting it. I'm like, no, 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 I try to subtweet it and clarify that it's clearly his knee. And if we look at video, here's where we got fooled. First of all, no excuses. We had eight games going on at once, right, as we're looking. So here's a scramble out to the side and the attention to the horse collar. And from that first view, it looked to me like ankle. So I focused probably prematurely on ankle. As he walks off here, it's hard to tell which, but the horse collar, most common injury is a high ankle. You see a component of that there. And the second is an MCL, but we don't see that angle for the uh, MCL per se. And therefore, um, right here again, uh, you see his toe drag. We thought it'd be a more mild MCL, but in looking backwards at the video, and if you replay it again here in a second here, if you look backwards at the video, you really see right before the he's pulled down the horse collar, the knee shift a little bit. And quite honestly, I should have looked at the video more carefully instead of the commotion in the room, but uh, that's what happens. It wasn't the best angle to see it, but I do think you see subtle signs that it's knee, and it is common, but the horse collar is no question a dangerous tackle and it's more commonly high ankle than it is knee, but in this case, right before he got pulled down, he was pulled off balance and tore his ACL. We got the MCL part right afterwards, but uh, you know this obviously is an incorrect call by video. That's why I always say it's only 95% accurate. We can't be 100. Well, Doc, uh, the injury was big, but one of the biggest things talked about on Twitter yesterday was what happened after the game. Jameis Winston was seen dancing on crutches. I, I learned many years ago about this, Doc. I don't know if you remember this player, uh, 49ers fullback, William Barnum Floyd. One of the toughest guys in the NFL with the best nickname ever. William, why do they call you Bar None? Because I'm the best fullback in the NFL, Bar None. Um, tough, mean guy. Tore both knee, ligament, knee ligaments on the same play. Got up, waved the trainers away, and walked off. And I remember thinking, wow, he's okay. He's walking off the field. And that, that's when I learned that, and he obviously missed a, at least a year of football, that just because you're walking <laughs> doesn't mean you don't have a torn ACL. So can you go into that with the video with Jameis dancing at the, after the game? Sure, and, 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 and what, we, what we say, here's the video here, right? And uh, dancing away, locker room scene. Um, they even got the Halloween smoke, and there's Jameis on one leg and crutches in the air. With a big old brace indicates at least a significant MCL, and that's obviously a knee brace and his ACL as well. Look, it's a game of football. I mean, he knows his season is done already right there. The doctors have basically told him they don't need the confirmatory MRI. In my 17 years in the NFL, there wasn't an ACL that we didn't know before the MRI, right, that we didn't really know on the field. The team always says awaiting MRI. So Jameis knew there, but, you know, he's supporting his teammates, and they had a big win. So uh, good on him for uh, celebrating. He didn't hurt his knee anymore as a result of that. But, you know, what you bring up is what we say all the time. Um, We had, uh, I think, on the Thursday game, Robert Tanyan, Mm -hmm. who went down. 
And uh, I tweeted out, yeah, I get that he walked off the field under his own power, but that doesn't mean anything. Right. And, uh, you know, always judge the injury, not the reaction to the injury, uh, whether they're carted off or walked off. And, and that's one of the things that we uh, try and do. But the most interesting thing, side thing here is that, uh, look, I think it may be Trevor Simeon again. Taysom Hill has missed his second week due to concussion. Mm -hmm. And... Look, no concussions are the same. They're like snowflakes. You can't judge them that way. Uh, we preach that all the time. But statistically, when we've tracked concussions, right now it's about 50-50 that a player returns the first week or misses a game and returns the second week. But once you get beyond two weeks, it's not like there's a big spike of people that come back the third week, like of if there were a hundred players that missed two weeks, hypothetically, it's not like the majority come back the third week. It is spread out, and it could be multiple weeks from now. So, it remains to be seen who the quarterback will be this next week. But it's not going to be Jameis Winston, and it's probably more likely going to be Trevor Simeon. All right, interesting tidbit there, though, Doc, that I caught. You said you know almost always when there's a torn ACL before the MRI is even done. So that's just, that's just mainly for confirmation, correct? Yeah, I mean, if you do a good exam in a, a subtle lock, but at least for me, that's always been the case. And look, uh, I remember, look, teams do this. I mean, one time we had a, a wide receiver tear his ACL and, and uh, told the GM post-game, he said, well, don't tell anybody I'm working on a trade, you know? I'm like, well, HIPAA, we wouldn't tell anybody anyways. But what I told that GM is somebody better go in that locker room right now and tell the player before the reporters come in so that he doesn't say anything if you're going to try and keep that a secret. Because I've already told him and he deserves to know. So, yeah, there there is gamesmanship. And uh, it sounds like uh, you brought up Dak, so we're going to talk about gamesmanship some more. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, Doc, one of the big injuries this week actually happened on Thursday night. At the end of the game, Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray, one of the favorites to win NFL MVP, um, Cardinals in first place, play the 49ers this Sunday, uh, left ankle sprain. Is he going to be able to start this week? Will he be? Okay, let me answer your specific question, Thomas. I know, I should have known better. I should have I should, I should asked the questions differently. I, I, no, no. I, no, I, no, I know you're no, going to tell me whether or not he's healthy to play and if he's going to play. <laughs> right, well, yeah. I, I mean, is, is he going to be able to play this Sunday? Yes. At what percent is the question? And then comes the will he play. So Jay Glazer, I think, tweeted or said on the broadcast on Sunday that indeed it's a legitimate, like it's a real deal sprain and it's one to two weeks. Well, that's what he has. He's got 10 days. He's got one mm -hmm. to two weeks. It's my impression that Kyler Murray will play. What's the play selection? How much does he run and what have you is a different story. But I do think he's on track to play because it was an eversion sprain and we talked about it and tweeted it out in real time during the game on Thursday where uh, it was on the play where he was awarded a first down. Whether he got one or not is a different question, right? And I tweeted at the end of the game with the pick. I said, and you can see the video here from the, from the tweet where he clearly doesn't step into throw the throw. Now, admittedly, he gets it to probably where he should have thrown it. It was a nice pass. But here's my point. 
I said, injuries, that ankle injury may have affected the outcome of the game. And there were a lot of Twitter people that came out and said, or some that said, oh, you know what you're talking about, stick to injuries, that was a perfect throw, that wasn't on him. I'm saying it's not on him. There's, it's sort of like the butterfly effect, right? A lot of downstream things. Because Kyler Murray's ankle wasn't right, did he get rid of the ball a little bit sooner or do it a little differently? I don't know. Uh, there was an opening on the left that he could have scrambled through. Did he choose not to because of the ankle? I don't know. But on another level, it's pretty clear that um, A.J. Green didn't know the ball was coming. He was still kind of downfield run blocking. And think about this. That turned out to be an audible that Kyler Murray called. Now, did A.J. Green not hear it? Did Kyler Murray call the audible because the play involved the boot and he thought he couldn't be effective because of the ankle, so he switched it? Was it something he saw? I don't know. But let me tell you an interesting fact that our crack pro football doc team came up with, not me. The guy who made the great play for the Green Bay Packers, Rasul Douglas, has been on the Arizona Cardinals mm -hmm. for longer than A.J. Green has been on the Arizona Cardinals. So no question it was a great play. But was there something that he picked up on where he knew there was an audible or back shoulder? I don't know. He'd made a great athletic play. And no one knows for sure. But, you know, injuries can lead to different funny things down the road just like the uh, the butterfly effect, you know, in terms of how things change downstream and uh, uh, and go from there. But that's kind of what makes all this football stuff fun, I guess. All right, Doc, big news on Monday, big trade in the NFL. Von Miller goes from the Broncos to the Rams for a second and third round pick in next year's draft. Now, we know the kind of impact Von Miller makes on the field. The problem, he hasn't been on the field, injured in week seven, hasn't practiced since. When are the Rams going to get Miller uh, to add him to their defense? Sooner than later for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't think the ankle injury, although it was the same ankle, was the same injury as last year for one Von Miller that required surgery, the perineal tendon subluxation issue. Different issue, mildly got the ankle slash knee trapped uh, briefly. I think it's mild. Uh, and I think he can physically return to play very quickly, even though it's his outside plant leg. Of course, it's a matter of learning the scheme, although defensive players usually can get added more quickly than offensive players. That, you know, you can simplify what you ask them to do, uh, et cetera. So uh, that's big. I don't think uh, it's going to be a long sit-out. I think it's going to strengthen an already pretty good uh, defense there, uh, pairing him with Aaron Donald on one side and Von Miller coming from the other. They play slightly different positions, but you get the point. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, that's scary. And uh, so good news if you're a Rams fan. Von Miller, Doc, says sooner rather than later. Uh, Doc, a couple guys dealing with concussions. T.Y. Hilton, he's already been ruled out for Thursday's night's game against the Jets. Michael Pittman kind of taking over the number one receiver role there now. Uh, Ten catches for 86 yards and two TDs against the Titans. So check out our six scores for Thursday night with the Colts and the Jets. Another guy dealing with a concussion, Doc, Sam Darnold. Uh, hasn't been playing well, been kind of beat up the last couple weeks. We'll talk about, in our discussion section, we're going to talk about the Jets and uh, hiding players with injuries. Could this be another case, you think, where maybe the, the, the Panthers use this to get P.J. Walker in there? 
Well, look, you know, um, Sam's been a little bit of a disappointment, but in fairness to Sam Darnold, I mean, he started the season well, but he also had Christian McCaffrey back then. So, I mean, let's... And you think that'll make a big difference, right? You, you've mentioned that well, a couple of times. Look, when he gets McCaffrey uh, back, the offense will be a lot better. Uh, I think going back to our first injury of the day, what does Ryan Tannehill look like without Derrick Henry? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, what does Sam Darnold look like without Christian McCaffrey? And what does he look like with Christian McCaffrey? Right? Uh, to be fair, I think that's part of the equation overall as well. And, and we can get to Christian McCaffrey when he comes back later. But for Sam Darnold, once again, it's a decision among the team. Look, you can't speed up the concussion recovery process. Ultimately, that's supervised by an independent person in the uh, Charlotte area, uh, independent neuro, that needs to clear him. But here's what can happen. You know, it's possible that Matt Rule... And I believe he has some relation to P.J. Walker, I think, right? I mean, uh, I don't remember the exact connections. But it is possible, given how he's played and what have you, that he say, look, Sam, if you can't be full practice this week, we're going to go in a different direction just because you didn't get the reps, right? It's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not happening to Aaron Rodgers. That's not happening to Tom Brady. That's not happening to Patrick Mahomes. But to Sam Darnold, it may. <coughs> Excuse me. So we'll have to see. Uh, No two concussions are the same. About 50% of concussions can return the same week this next week. Uh, You know, obviously not for Thursday, as you mentioned, for T.Y. Hilton. But um, uh, Daniel Jones returned the next week, and so did Teddy Bridgewater so far this year. So uh, we'll see. All right, Doc. Derrick Henry, not the only starting running back dealing with a foot injury. James Robinson for the Jaguars injured his foot on Sunday. Adam Schefter reports it's not serious. What did you see on Robinson? Uh, I concur for Adam Schefter. We went and looked at video. There's a one play where he ran deep out of bounds. Uh, Some of his foot ankle were not visible during some of that video, but we scoured the video and didn't see anything significant. Now, is it possible that we miss it? Sure. Or is it possible that there just isn't anything significant? And that's what we're, we're hoping for, for uh, James Robinson. All right, Doc, Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys get a win without Dak Prescott, as you predicted, would not play. We'll discuss that coming up soon. A couple injuries, though, Doc. Uh, left tackle Tyron Smith with an ankle, left with six minutes to go in the game, did not return. Uh, and at the very end, um, the, the leader for... Uh, defensive player of the year, Trayvon Diggs, looked like he hit his ankle on another player's knee. Anything serious with either one of those two players? Uh, don't think so on Diggs, although he's certainly, you know, more in space. I mean, he whiplashed his ankle, and I think it's more of a contusion, and I think he should make it. Uh, as far as the left tackle is concerned, he's had a host of issues over time, ankle being new here. But once again on video, we don't see anything uh, significant. Uh, you know, the best thing about the Cowboys, and I know you're a Cowboys fan, is that usually early week you get the injury report from Dr. Jones. And it's yeah, actually right. pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he lets it go. He, uh, yeah. And we'll talk about that related to Dak, too. Yeah. But he... He, uh, he's an, he, uh, I enjoy hearing his reports. All right, so we've got a couple more players we want to go over, Doc, before we get into that Dak Prescott stuff, which I think is fascinating. Uh, so uh, Eagles wide receiver Jalen Rieger, uh, ankle, uh, suffered the injury in the first quarter, uh, just missed scoring a touchdown, uh, smat, slammed his ankle to the ground. 
Is it possible he doesn't play next week? You know, as a wide receiver, you know, as you look at the video, he cuts and it's sort of a, a eversion valgus injury to his right ankle. He slides on the turf and then he, you know, kind of clips his own ankle and falls. I don't see that as being serious. I think there's a good chance that he plays next week. All right, Matt Ryan hurt his left hand. You concerned? Well, I mean, you know, uh, graphic warning here for, 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 you know, looking at Matt Ryan's hand because all the blood. I mean, it makes for good Halloween video. My daughter, who was trying to be dead Barbie, uh, don't ask me why, she's nine. <laughs> she would have she liked that bloody towel and the, and the whole deal. But, look, not, no concern at all for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's his left hand. Number two, um, he gets cleated, and the back of your hand is very vascular. And, you know, uh, a lot of times if you go to the hospital and you get an IV, it gets started in the back of your hand in one of those veins and so forth. And it bled a lot, and he was wiping it, but it didn't have any effect on the outcome of that game and isn't going to have any effect on the next game or even practice this week. Uh, that's more of an interesting looking video, but that's not uh, anything. Yeah. Is he hurt? Yes. Is it painful? Sure. Are they going to have a wrap on it? Sure. But it's not going to affect him in any way. All right, Doc, and the last player, I just want to get your opinions on this. I mean, uh, Steelers kicker, Chris Boswell. Doc, what's going on? I mean, kicker's getting no love here. No penalty on this play? <laughs> the guy gets killed. Uh, confirmed concussion. I mean, what were your thoughts when you saw this play? Well, I mean, look, you made him a quarterback, right? And he doesn't have any quarterback pr protection. I mean, he does <laughs> get a hit to the helmet, but if he were in the pocket, he would be, you know, whatever. But... Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'd have to say, uh, look, uh, kudos to him for hanging in there and trying the play. But he got put in harm's way, Rad. This wasn't like a, a, a block kick return. This is a planned pass. And he rolls out. And you know what I think he learned? Uh, that the guys in the field are much more athletic than he thinks. Like, you can see, and I, you know, look, on the sidelines. I've been on the sidelines of plenty of high school and college and NFL games. The speed is just different. Mm -hmm. You may think you see a hole, that hole is not there. You may think that the guy's 10 yards away from you and you've got time, but I doubt anyone in practice ran at him that hard and ran through him that hard because usually you pull up on you know guys and plays and even if he was going full speed someone would pull up but that defender came fast and game speed and I think that's what Boswell learned there's a difference between game speed and what you see in practice and uh, I feel for him but uh, that's more on I don't put that on the defender he's doing his job and he's trying to I mean as far as he's concerned that's a passer out of the pocket he's got to go get him and get him hard and it's not like he gave himself up it's not like one of these plays where there's a block kick and the kicker has no chance of making a tackle and he gets creamed on a block right I mean he had the ball in his hand he just released it it was part of the game and he tried to make a play and held on a held on a split second longer than perhaps he should have. Right? I mean, it was it was the play was covered anyways. Well, yeah, I don't think Boswell's going to be throwing passes any more passes anytime soon. So let Doc, let's move on to the discussion part of the show. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott, little Antonio Gibson, the Jets quarterback situation. But man, we got to lead off with Dak. So one thing I learned this week is that 
not everybody is educated on how injuries work. I mean, I guess I have an inside working with you, but we, we had a podcast on Friday, Doc, about a short one about Dak. The line changed four points. You were saying he's healthy enough to play, but he's not going to play. We saw the pregame warm-up, just as you predicted. He'll go out there. He'll do some stuff. But I think that fooled a lot of people, Doc, because beat reporters were saying, well, if he can do that, why isn't he playing? Al Michaels mentioned it 10 times on Sunday Night Football. I can't believe Dak's not playing. He looked great. So you tell everybody, Doc, why Dak Prescott didn't start and why he will start this week. Yeah, I didn't hear anything from Al Michaels or the broadcast. We were too busy trick-or-treating. You know, He West was Coast just stunned. He, could, he couldn't believe what he saw on the field before the game didn't translate into Dak starting at quarterback. But as you've pointed out many times, there's a difference of working out before the game and a true game-time decision, which you believe are very few in the NFL. As we said on the podcast, and we won't repeat it completely here, but in my 17 years as a head team physician, I could count on one hand uh, or a cartoon character's hand the times that it was a, quote, true maybe game time decision. There were a lot of announcements of game time decisions, but we knew which way we were leaning. We knew which way it was going to go, and the, quote, workout was just confirmatory. Now, look, I'm not calling Jerry Jones a liar. He's not a liar. He never told us that Dak was playing. All, two weeks ago, he said Trayvon Diggs and Tyrone Smith are playing, and they did, even though the injury report said questionable. This time, he said Dak is doing well. He's ahead of schedule. I like what he's doing. He's progressing nicely. He never said the magic words that he's playing. In addition to which, you heard the language from Dak about long season. It's not all up to me. The fact that it was released that he got a PRP injection earlier th- this week you know, uh, led some, cast some doubt. The fact that the Cowboys were 5-1, and one, the rest of the division was 2-5. and five. And look, in the end, they made the right decision. But all eyes, even though the afternoon games were going on, you know, the, the Twitter beat reporters and showing video of Dak working out, and you see, see some of it here. Look, the way that they worked him out hard, the way they used that rope and whatever and really worked him out hard, I won't call out any beat reporters, but there was one beat reporter that said, oh my gosh, he looks great, right? I'm paraphrasing. And he did a lot of work, and he did it all very well. He looks great. And my thought there was, look, if the guy is playing, you don't do a lot of work. Mm -hmm. You just warm it up enough to know (laughs) that you can do it. The last thing you want to do is fatigue a muscle, a calf muscle, then play the guy and expose him to more injury. The reason he wasn't going to play is the fear that it would turn into a Michael Gallup injury where he misses multiple weeks. Gallup missed five, six weeks or something, and that's fresh in their mind. That's what they're trying to avoid. And so one more week and he's going to be okay. And so looking at that workout, I was like, he's not going to play. And But, you know, there's a good show. I mean, Mike McCarthy was out there, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, a bunch of suits were out there. And, you know, to me, when the, the athletic trainer and Dak, you know, you know, shook hands and gave a good hug and pat. That wasn't, good job, you're going to play. That was, good job with the rehab, you're, good, you're looking good, and, uh, you know, thanks for the hard work kind of pat. And then he, of course, proceeded to help Cooper Rush. And when all this was going on, 
I'm not a media guy, Thomas. You're a media guy more than I am. I'm not a media guy. I, I do injury analysis, but in my time watching what happens in media and other things, I had a little fun and I even tweeted out. I said, look, he's not gonna play. And as a matter of fact, just wait a few minutes before the 90 minute inactive. Some major reporter is going to leak the news that he's mm -hmm. not gonna be active. And sure enough, Chris Mortensen, I've had the fortune of meeting Mort Report, super nice guy, utmost respect for him. None of this is negative at all. He, he's done it all in the industry, but he reported it. But it's just not realistic that Stephen Jones or Jerry Jones or someone from the Cowboys organization picked up the phone after the Dak Prescott workout and in those few minutes said, Chris, here you go, he's not going to play because of the OEC. It was already predetermined that mm -hmm. he wasn't going to go. And, but reporters are only re allowed to release information at certain times when there's no advantage to the other team, et cetera. And so to me, it just all made sense. And this wasn't a game time decision. Look, if you're calling a game time decision, there's a 1% chance that we'd change our minds and Dak could play. Yeah, that's a game time decision. But we talked about it. I've talked to a lot of people about it throughout the league and in my experience too. You always pretty much know, and in the end, yeah, something could change. It's predetermined. I call these workouts confirmatory rather than you know, changing your mind or decision making. And we talked about it on the podcast too. If the Cowboys are saying we have to have no doubt that he's going to be fine. Well, how can you have doubt on Saturday and not have doubt on Sunday, no matter how he looks and work out? Mm -hmm. it, you know, you, the doubt's implanted. That's why, to me, it was easy to say that he wasn't going to play. And look, in the end, you didn't get the middle, but there was a pretty good middle opportunity there yeah, as a result. Um, and that's all but as strongly for. as I've been saying that Dak wasn't going to play this week, and yeah, it took me to Friday to come to that conclusion for sure. I'm going to say that strongly that he is playing mm -hmm. this next week. Um, he got his one week rest and cushion. Now, unless we see this week in practice that he, you know, aggravated it, he will play this next game. And we also heard late week that, you know, even though he ramped up and was looking great and whatever, the Cooper Rush took all the first team reps. Exactly. None went to Dak. And that was, now, Dak is good enough that if he couldn't do it, they would still play him. It's not a Sam Darnold situation, right? Dak is the man there. Yeah. But if they can't be sure enough to practice him on Wednesday and Thursday, and they got a, gave him a PRP injection on Tuesday, and they're not sure about him on Saturday, how the heck are they going to get sure after a pregame workout on Sunday? It's just not going to happen. Well, Doc, I, I told everybody all week, I said, Dak's not playing. They said, was it announced? I said, yeah, it's announced by me. I said, the odds makers <laughs> don't think he's playing. Doc doesn't think he's playing. He's not playing. So bottom line, this and Doc, you correct me if I'm wrong. This is, this is how it is. Dak was healthy enough to play. They wanted to keep him out one more week to rest that calf. If it was the NFC Championship game, he would have played. He's most likely to play, start on Sunday. Is that correct? I think that's correct, but I'll modify that some. If this were a meaningful division game, he would have played. 
right? Yes. It doesn't have to be an NFC Championship game. If it was a meaningful division game, he would have played. He could have played, and that was been our position all along. Just the decision-wise, that, that ended up being smarter for him not to play and get the insurance. And, and heck, they got the win anyways, right? So they got the, the best of all worlds here. But yeah, that's just... Uh, and this is where I, I, I think I have the unfair advantage of, I mean having been on the other side. That's why we talk about insider knowledge, not insider information being a big difference there. And, you know, Thomas, if, if it were so easy, if we could bet on, look, it wouldn't be 100%, right? We talked about how I missed Jameis. But if we could bet on whether Robert Tanyan, and it'd be kind of bad to do this, but if you could bet on whether Robert Tanyan had an ACL or not, where you could bet on whether Dak's player or not, or some player or not, I mean, we'd be able to cr crush the gambling market. It's the fact that what does it mean right. when a guy doesn't play uh, that makes it harder. And um, that's why I always say, we're at Pro Football Doc, we are not trying to be touts. We're just trying to give you injury information to help you solidify your decisions and either strengthen them or pull back from them. It's injury information and analysis, and uh, we're not trying to be uh, pickers. All right, well, go to profootballdoc.com. We'll have the updates on Dak, his sixth score, and everything for week nine. Uh, breaking news, Doc, uh, the Titans just signed Adrian Peterson. Peterson, 87 years old, looks like he's 21 years old. I mean, you talk about Derrick Henry not being human. Adrian Peterson isn't even close to human. <laughs> that guy's a machine. So similar type of running back. Uh, the Titans won't have to change much. So that, that's an interesting signing, I think. We'll see how that goes in Tennessee. Well, uh, I think that's going to be really, really good, uh, Thomas. I yeah. like that. I mean, just I mean, I'm not you're not here for necessarily my football analysis, but yeah, he it's always a good signing, is in good right? shape. Yeah, I've known Adrian Peterson. I've met him a couple times. I mean, he's always in great shape. He's known for that great ACL recovery um, and so forth. And here's the thing: he is older, but guess what? He only has to play half a season. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's a great signing. And uh, you know, this is not going to be. Uh, Sam Darnold without Christian McCaffrey. It's going to be uh, Ryan Tannehill with uh, 1B running back instead of 1A. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, people forget when Peterson was at Oklahoma as a freshman, he looked like me running against my sons. Uh, he's just he's he's just an abnormal person. He's always been in unbelievable shape, conditioning. So I agree. I think that's a good signing for the Titans for the second half of the season. Doc, another running back who you you nailed weeks ago, and I listened. I got rid of him for my fantasy team, Antonio Gibson. The numbers don't lie. Week one to five, at least 72 yards from scrimmage, uh, four touchdowns. Week six, those numbers dip a little, uh, 44 total yards. Rivera says he's struggling with the injury. Then you look at these last two weeks, 56 and 54 total yards, season low, 11 touches on Sunday, zero TDs in the last three games. So I have to say, you said it's Gibson's not going to get better as the season goes on, and it looks like that the numbers back that up. It looks like exactly what's happening. Well, stress fractures don't heal well. They take a long time, and so the best hope was that he would stay the same. You couldn't ever expect for the uptick, and that's where I think McKissick is getting those touches in, in uh, pass-catching opportunities and receptions. Gibson's best case is to stay even, and if anything, he's going to start heading downhill. Now, he'll get better in the offseason with months, and he'll get better if he has surgery, but that won't help him this season. 
Yeah, and one thing I want to point out, Doc, the, the Washington only has two wins. So, I mean, I'll, I'll defer to you, but if they lose a couple more games here and, and they're out of the playoff, huh, is it more likely that they might shut him down? Do you think so? Well, they might shut him down. His agent might shut him down. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> there's a lot of people who could quote shut him down, <laughs> uh, right. kind of uh, situation. You know, and it's possible Ron Rivera may say thanks for the effort, but we're not. You know, uh, I mean, it's not tanking. It's just you know uh, being respectful of players and their right. time and energy and effort. Well, Doc, the last thing I want to talk about today, because we always talk, we talked about this last week, Zach Wilson, we mentioned Troy Aikman's rookie year, him getting injured might have been the best thing for him. Zach Wilson was obviously struggling. Mike White comes in, former fifth-round pick from the Cowboys, star at Western Kentucky, 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, without his number one receiver. Corey Davis didn't play. Now listen, it's one game, but Obviously, the offense looked a lot better with Mike White under center than Zach Wilson, who was struggling. Do you think this could be a case where the Jets use that injury to give Mike White a little more time under center to see if they should go with him the rest of the season? Well, I actually don't think the Jets will have a choice. I mean, I don't think Zach Wilson's ready to go this next week, so I don't okay. think there's a choice that's on the table. I think uh, we said from the beginning it was a two- to four-week injury and we think it's longer going to be closer to four weeks because, you know, you don't want to put in a less than 100% Zach Wilson and without all the reps. So I don't think they're going to hide behind it this week. But, you know, look, he had did a great job. They kept cutting to his family and all this. And, you know, you got to be happy for the kid. And the Jets, you know, unbelievable game, right? And But to me, the difference maker of that game is C.J. Mosley playing with his hamstring. You know, he's the run-stopper difference. He looked pretty good even though he had the hamstring. But, you know, I could see a scenario where the Bengals said, we're going to let the kid beat us through the air. And he did. But what happens is next week, uh, I don't even know who the Jets play, but is that team going to do the same thing? We're just going to let them beat us through the air. Are they going to play uh, more, play differently? I mean, we've seen it a lot of times with young quarterbacks. We've seen it. I'll give a baseball analogy. If it's a pitcher you haven't seen that first time or two, he he gets you. But by the third time around, you know, fatigue and or you've seen the pitches. Or we've all seen that double-A or triple-A guy get called up and pitch very well. And then there's sort of a book on on you, and your luck is not as good. Look, I remember. Let's let's. I remember last year everyone loved uh, when Jimmy went out uh, initially a couple of years ago. Nick Mullins, oh my God, he was amazing. Mm-hmm, yeah. but <laughs> it didn't take long for people to figure out. Fantasy just people broke. love Nick Mullins. Yeah. Nick Mullins and his roommate Ross Dwelly, right? Because it was the yeah. only guy he threw to, right? <laughs> and what happened there? So, well, uh, you know, congratulations to the Jets on the win, the kid. I think this does give Zach Wilson a little more breathing room in terms of time to get healthy. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's not, it's still Zach Wilson's team, I mean, going forward. All right, so make sure you go profootballdoc.com. We'll have all the updated six scores on the Jets. They play the Colts next week, uh, Doc, in Indianapolis. So that's going to be a test for Mike White. We'll have to see how he plays there. We'll have the updated six scores on C.J. Mosley and everybody else. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. 
Doc, another great podcast. Thanks for all the information. And keep keep an eye out. I'm sure we'll have stuff on Dak, Kyler Murray throughout the week here on the YouTube channel. We'll see you next week for Week 10.